This message is part of the teaching provided by House on the Rock Fellowship, a church caring for the Miami Valley region. Before you listen, be sure to access the notes in the download section of the message page. Have a Bible ready. Thank you for being our guest. It started out as a novel about three army doctors. In 1970, it became a movie. And then two years later, it became a TV series in what some consider to be the highest rated TV show in all of American TV history. Army doctors and nurses and administrators trying to make their way through a war zone in the Korean War. Characters like Hawkeye, Hot Lips Houlihan, Klinger, Father Mulcahy, Radar. Trying to maintain sanity with a sense of humor in the middle of a bloody war. Doctors forced out of their comfort zone into a battle. To use what they have, to use what they know, to put the broken pieces of people back together again. All of the mess, all the chaos, the uncertainty, the frustration, and fulfillment. Isn't the faithful local church like a functional mobile surgical hospital? Isn't a faithful local church, faithful local church, like a functional mobile surgical hospital? where we use what we have and what we know to confront the corruption and the brokenness around us in a world at war and put the pieces back together again. Now I say faithful. Faithful is important. Not all churches. But there's going to be order and there's going to be chaos. Sometimes there's a lot of chaos. As you confront the chaos of life, There should be tears. There should be tears. There should be laughter. A surgical hospital that didn't engage, that was neat and tidy and free of sadness and stress, well, that would be a morgue. Right? That would be a morgue. And we all know churches that feel more like funeral homes with their sermons and programs and expectations that produce nothing more than cadavers in the pews. And we may prefer to treat the local church like a restaurant where we can hop in at our convenience, we get a good meal, leave a tip, and have someone else clean up our mess. Or like a coffee shop or a movie or a theater, and those are different sermons for different times. But I think if the Apostle Paul watched an episode of MASH, he might say, you know what? That's what a church is supposed to be like. That's what a church is supposed to be like. Dedicated people in the middle of a battle, committed to meeting the the corruption and the brokenness of people head on and being a part of putting the pieces back together again. I think that's what Paul might say a faithful church is supposed to be. If you're a guest with us, thank you for being here. If you're watching online, thank you for joining us. We're in the four, we're four weeks into a series on healing, letting God put the pieces back together again. 
We said from the very beginning that God offers universal health care, real, actual health care, not sick care, where God wants to put all the pieces, the whole soul, back together. We did a little contact tracing to help us understand why is it that we like to take things apart and even see ourselves as, as broken pieces pulled apart. How, but God says, no, 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 you are a soul and you have a mind and you have a body and you have a spirit, but you are a whole soul and I want to put the whole soul back together again. Jesus comes, the great doctor himself. And what do we see him doing the moment he comes on the scene? Preaching the message, the kingdom of God is at hand and putting people back together again. Can't deny it. But last week we took a turn. We said there's another side to the coin. Yes, God is committed to our wholeness. Jesus came to make us whole. But there is a little bit of a copay. Faith. Faith. And last week, that's what that paper is over on the side. We said we need to re-enter the story of God. A story that begins in our participation where heaven and earth overlap. We call that Eden. We call that paradise. Where heaven and earth overlap. But it's not too long into the story what happens. Treason and treason brings corruption. Everything breaks. That's the story. But underneath that, as time moves on, God makes a promise. I'm going to put the pieces back together again. You see Jesus coming in heaven and earth overlapping again. As we look forward to a time when hope will be fulfilled. Like a holy city that God himself has built. And we live in the tension of life and death. We live caught in between that. Maybe you felt that this week. Did you feel that this week? I felt a little bit of life. I felt a little bit of death. I felt like I was in the middle. That's a surgical hospital if ever there was one. Today we're going to get real practical. This week and next week. How do we participate in a movement that puts souls back together? So if you would take out your Bibles. You can follow along. Lolo's going to have the verses up on the screen for us. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 4 through 13. Then we're going to drill down on one verse together. If you have your notes, they'll be helpful. If you're watching online, your hosts can help you find the message guide. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4 through 13. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit. Who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Just as the body is one and has many members. All the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews 
Greeks, slaves, free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Let's dissect together one verse, verse seven. Let's take it apart and let's see how our own surgical hospital is to operate. So in your notes, take out your notes. We're going to write down some things together. Let's take apart verse seven. The first part is this, to each. Write down the word each. To each. Repeat after me, to each. Not too bad. I scared you. You didn't know that was going to happen. You're now emotionally prepared. We're going to do it again. Ready? To each. each. So good. Key question. Does Jesus' ministry of physical healing stop with him or did he empower others to carry it forward? Did Jesus' ministry of physical healing stop with him Or did he empower others to carry it forward? When he started hope, when hope started, when he came to earth, did he take all that back with him? Or did he empower others to carry that movement? Bible readers, we don't argue. If you read the gospel, what do we see? Jesus healing, Jesus healing. Repent for the kingdom of God is hand. Jesus heals, Jesus heals, Jesus heals, Jesus heals. He puts the brokenness back together again. And most Bible readers will validate and say that, and then Jesus passed that on to to his apostles, 12 specific individuals, symbolically representing a new Israel and a new movement. You can see in Luke 9, how he'd send them out, go preach the gospel, heal the sick. The whole book of Acts is the Acts of the apostles. We see them healing Peter walked by, his shadow would touch someone and they'd get healed. But the real question is, and where Protestant churches kind of go this way and start throwing stones at each other or lobbing King James Bibles, if you will, is did it stop with the apostles? Is there a movement of healing that Jesus started, a movement of restoration? Can you experience that in the local church? I didn't even get out of the Gospels when I found an example. In Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 9, Jesus sends out the apostles. In Luke chapter 10, he gathers a whole bunch of his followers, disciples. He says, hey, I'm going to send you out. You're sent out. I sent out the 12. I'm sending you out too. I want you to go to all these cities and all these towns, like my advance team, if you will. And I want you, look what it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 9. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm sending you out. Heal the sick. Tell them that the kingdom of God has come near. Followers, like you, like me. I'm getting ready to go lots of different places. I'm sending you ahead of me before I get there. Put the pieces back together again and tell them that the kingdom of God has come near. And then we see in this letter that we read about a little bit earlier, this is a letter to a dysfunctional church. Church in Corinth, very broken. Lots of factions, lots of favoritism, lots of division, lots of separation. And the Apostle Paul writes a series of letters to help put this church back together again. It was broken on lots of different levels. And into this, he talks about the spirit things. He talks about life in the spirit. 
In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 6, I read it. Let me read it again. There are a variety of activities. It's the same God who empowers them all in every one. So it's not just, you know, a fancy guy up front who, who does a talking head, preachy, preachy thing. It's not a couple talented singers up front who do a fancy, fancy singing thing. The ministry of life in the Spirit comes to each, comes to all, because we are all part of one body together. The Spirit empowers restoration life to flow through each of us. God expects each of us to give life and to receive life by doing life together. To each. Say it with me. To each. Let's keep going. Is given. Let's write that down. Is given. Write down, is given. Repeat after me, is given. Let's put the whole thing together. You ready? To each is given. That's not too bad. That's too bad. Let's try it again. Ready? Repeat after me. To each is given. Awesome. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6. We're in the same chunk. We're just taking it apart. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Varieties of service, the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in every one. The boys had waiting for mom this morning when she came out of getting ready for church this morning. A variety of, of little I love you gifts on the table. Gifts that they had wrapped, gifts that they had picked, gifts that they had set aside. A handmade card that they'd painted and written on. Expressions of love. Expressions of, of appreciation and delight. I love you gifts. Not entitlements. The recognition that you're special. You matter. You're important. And because we're talking about spirit, spiritual expressions. What we see here, they are gifts. They are gifts from God to us. It's not about being earned. It's about being intentional. When uh, Jackson and I were out because I subsidized these gifts, and we stopped off at a place where we wanted to pick a couple things out and Jackson immediately beeline to the jewelry. His wife will be very thankful for him when he grows up. <laughs> His default mode was jewelry. But there's an interesting thing about my wife. My wife doesn't default to jewelry. She'd be the first one to say that. Doesn't default to jewelry. She likes other things. I said, hey Jack, I think the jewelry is great, but think about mom. What kind of things does mom like to do and like to participate in? And what does mom enjoy? So we set the jewelry down. And we, and we picked out other things, intentional gifts that reflected the person that we were giving them to. God looks at you and says, I want to give you a gift. As, as Sarah has said earlier, I see you. I see the kind of week you're having. I want to give you a gift. I see you at work. I want to give you a gift. I've noticed what you've been carrying. God says, I'm sending you a gift. Given what though? What is it that we receive? 
Well, in your notes, let's write this down. Manifestation. That's a big one. Each was easy. Given was easy. Manifestation. I'm going to have to look up at the screen. Lolo's going to have to keep that one up for a little while. The manifestation. Write down the manifestation. I'll let you write it, then we'll say it. Some of you can read and write and talk at the same time. Some of you, I don't know. Repeat after me. The manifestation. manifestation. Let's put the whole thing together. I'll say it, then you say it. To each is given the manifestation. To each Awesome. You guys are good. You guys are good. First Corinthians chapter 12. Let me read 8 through 10. Verses 8 through 10. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another working of miracles. To another prophecy. Prophecy means to speak God's words for God. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. It means to experience the presence of God. (coughs) The revelation that God is here. Let me illustrate it for you. I know when my boys are in the house. Okay? I come home about 20 minutes after my boys get home. I know the moment I walk in the door, there are manifestations of my boys in the house. I can see that they've been there. There's a backpack. As soon as I walk in, they walk in, I'm done with this. Backpack's right there. There's a shoe. There's a bag of potato chips that have been opened and mostly eaten. There's the trail of the potato chips where some of the chips have been mostly chewed. These are manifestations of my kids. I can see that the kids are somewhere in the house. Their presence has been made known. This is the opposite. When Elise and I bought our house six years ago, it was completely vacant. No one lived there. There were no manifestations. It would have been awkward had the realtor opened the door and a viewing, and there's a backpack, and there's a shoe, and there's a bag of chips. That would have been because no one's supposed to be living there. God's house, amongst God's people, God says, I'm here. I'm here. I will manifest my presence. I will let myself be known. How do I know when I'm in a surgical hospital? If I walk into a space, how will I be able to identify that that space is a surgical hospital? I will see doctors doing doctorly surgical things. I will see nurses doing nursing, nursing surgical things. There will be people who are crying. There will be people who are in tears. There will be people who are being put back together again. There's going to be life. There's going to be death. All the accoutrements and the equipment will cue me in that I'm in that type of space. And God says, you'll know when you step into my type of space. When you walk into my space, there's going to be an overlap of heaven and earth, and heaven is going to make itself known in earth. If we live in the tension of the story, if we live between hope that started in Jesus and hope that will be fulfilled, then we're going to rub elbows against those types of things. 
And we're going to experience when heaven and earth overlap and the Spirit will make himself known. This is not an exhaustive list. I know we want to treat it that way. I don't recommend it. This is Paul just listing some things. You're going to hear words of wisdom. There's going to be words of knowledge. There's going to be prayers for healing and people getting hurt. There's going to be discernment of spirits. There's going to be all these expressions that Holy Spirit's here. Holy Spirit's here. The Holy Spirit's here. The Holy Spirit's here. I'm saying it's not a list that you should make an exhaustive list because you can look at other places in the New Testament and the list's a little bit different. And different things are described. I would let the Holy Spirit do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in whatever ways the Holy Spirit wants to manifest himself. Right? And I think if a church starts putting lists together and say, this is it, Holy Spirit is like, not my house. That's just not my house. So not just these nine, but here's an example of this multifaceted movement, this life-giving work of the Spirit. And look at this list. It's, it's a whole soul type of list. God putting the inside pieces back together. God putting the outside pieces back together. God putting the spirit parts back together. God putting the whole soul back together. And right in the middle of it, what does he say? Gifts of healing. Gifts of healing. There's a theological, if you come from a tradition where you're supposed to black marker that one out of there, okay? And maybe you come from that tradition, okay? And your foot's tapping a whole lot right now because you don't know how weird it's going to get in a little bit. You don't have much of a hermeneutical backing to take that one out and leave other ones in. That's not how Paul presents it. He's saying, look at all the things. If you come from a tradition where you're supposed to black marker that one out, you probably also come from a tradition where commonly a man in a suit will stand up front in a tie and he will prophesy. We call it preaching because prophecy freaks us out, the word prophecy, but it's... I'm speaking God's words to God's people. That's what prophecy is. So you have to be careful in your hermeneutic and how you interpret if you're going to exnay that and keep that. When the Apostle Paul says, you can expect God to do a whole lot of everything. God will make himself known. He will manifest himself. And part of that will be people getting healed physically. This last week, I experienced many manifestations of the Spirit's presence. It started Sunday, last Sunday, as person after person began to came, come forward and uh, asked for healing and asked for the pieces to be put back together again, acting in faith. It continued with uh, one of our church members calling me up. God healed my foot. The doctors can't explain it. People calling me up and offering me giving me words of wisdom and knowledge and encouragement. People that I didn't talk to in decades. Out of the blue, just reaching out. It's weird. It was weird. It was really weird. The way God was fathering and mothering me all week. God answering prayer. God working. God moving. Shouldn't I expect that? Shouldn't I expect my God who loves me to give me good gifts. Shouldn't you? They're manifestations. God saying, I'm here. I'm here. 
Where do they come from? Of the Spirit. Let's write that down. Of the Spirit. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Maybe you guys can kind of figure out where this is going. I bet you I know what the next feeling is. Of the Spirit. Write down, of the Spirit. Repeat, of the Spirit. Oh, you guys did that. We don't have to do that one again. Let's put the whole thing together. You ready? Listen, repeat after me. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. To each is given manifestation of the Spirit. Online too. I expect you to say it too. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. All these, these manifestations, are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. These are spirit things, spiritual things. It's the overlap of heaven and earth in that God space, that Eden space, that Jesus incarnation space, what we now call the church. This means we're back to mystery. Who wills it? Whose will? Look at the passage in verse 11. My will? Do, do I get to decide what the Spirit's going to do? I might be a big part of what the Spirit's not going to do. Do I get to say, hey, God, you're going to do this, and God, you're going to do this, and God, you're going to do this? No, it's, it's, it's as he wills, as he chooses. We don't decide, and it's to each individually. It does not mean that, that, that the, a singular leader is expected to manifest all the spiritual gifts. Oh, please don't do that. I mean, you don't do it to me. Don't do it to any pastor. I expect that person to have all the spiritual gifts. Well, then pay them better. <laughs> but you're still not going to get it. They're trying their best. They're doing their hardest. But God doesn't work that way. Because God fosters a sense of dependence in the body. He gives one to one and a manifestation here and a manifestation here and a manifestation here. We need each other. We, we, we thrive in relationship together. No man, no woman is an island. Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And God breaks in with heaven stuff in earthly space. So let's avoid terms like Miraculous. I know the word miracle is mentioned in there, okay? But sometimes God will do something like, it's a miracle. Well, if we believe that we're living and operating in a place where heaven and earth overlap, that's what we call that normal. We call it normal, not miraculous. When Jesus does things in the gospels, they're called mighty works. That's how it's translated, or it should be translated. If they put in the word miracle, it, you're going to suffer because it's a great work. It's a mighty work. Yeah, God has done something in my space, but it's normal if I'm expecting my father to do good things. Let's avoid the term supernatural. It's above the natural. It's very natural for my good God to send me gifts. You should be natural for you expect your good God, to send you gifts of love too. So let's learn to expect the Spirit to do through us for others. That part of faith. Do what? Spirit, do what? For the common good. Let's finish it out. Write that down. 
for the common good. Give you a chance to write that down. You should have all of those fill-ins up to the last one. Repeat after me, the common good. Yeah. One more time. The common good. Let's emphasize the word good. The common good. <laughs> to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. All together. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. Just as the, the body is one but has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves, free. All were made to drink of the one spirit. Common. Oneness. When you suffer, I suffer. When I suffer, you suffer. Common. Each cell participating and coming to the aid of another cell in need. That means that what we're talking about here, whether it's healing or knowledge or, or other manifestations of the Spirit, these aren't things that we possess. They are packages that we deliver to others in the church. Okay, so Mother's Day, let's think you know, FDA, or a florist, think about Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, okay? Got my mom, hi mom, I love you. Got my, we got my mom a bonsai tree for Mother's Day. I've killed three of them so far. <laughs> I figured I would just share the love. One of the challenges where my mom lives is delivery to where my mom lives. So my original plan was I was going to contact my baby sister, Kimberly, and have her go pick up flowers. I'd get those flowers, go give them to mom so that she can have flowers, so she can have something on Mother's Day because of where mom is. I'm not asking Kimberly to buy flowers for herself. They're not flowers for Kimberly. They're flowers that I'm asking Kimberly to give to my mom. I am intending the gift to go through Kimberly to my mom. Or I'm calling up Amazon. Will you deliver that to there? Or FDA, will you send this to that person? This is the example. This is what's so crucial for us as a church family and Christians in general. God wants to gift through you to others. It's not for me, it's through me, for the common good. It's through you to me. It's through you to the person next to you. Love comes through the church. Healing comes through the church. Help comes through the church, to the church. This is so important. I know I've said it before, but it was really driving to this week. Jesus heals our body through his body. Jesus heals our body through his body. What is his body? The church. Through his family. Meaning, dad says, 
Your sister needs something. I'm sending her a gift. Will you go give it to her for me, please? Your brother needs a gift. I know things that you don't know. Will you deliver this gift to them, please? You know how hard it is to get siblings to interact that way? Just in general, like on a physical level? I mean, just to imagine, if you will. Hey, let's just say I've got Lucas and I've got Jackson. Those are two of my sons. Hey, Lucas, here's $20. Go give it to Jackson. It's for Jackson. <laughs> What's, what are the chances of that actually happening? You know, if there's not a love ethic amongst the siblings, that's going to be a real challenge. Or what if I've got one sibling who really doesn't think that, that dad gives good gifts to his kids? What's, what, what might the one kid do? That's mine. That's for me. It's not for others. It's for me. You see how important it is to develop an ethic of love amongst brothers and sisters in the faith? Because God ministers to us one to another through one another. This is for the common good. So what, that might, what might that look like on any given Sunday or in a life group or oh, you're having people over to the house? Say we're sitting over in the common, we just finished up cards about humanity. I got a little cup of coffee, I got a little muffin because it's first Sunday and you know, Vanessa made these awesome muffins. I'm just eating a muffin and I'm sitting with a brother and I'm sitting with a sister and they're sharing their story. I got one ear listening to their story. I have another ear that's listening to the Spirit. Because I firmly believe when I come into God's presence with God's people, God wants to do things and I want to make myself, I want to be a part of healing. I want to be a part of putting people back together again. So I'm listening to them, but I'm also listening to the Spirit discerning, asking. As I listen, God, what do you want to tell this person? God, what do you want to bring to this person? God, how do you want to help this person? And maybe I get a impression that they need a word, they need encouragement or a prayer, prayer, whatever it might be. In the human body, what happens to uh, a cell what happens to tissue? What happens to any organ if it gets severed and cut off from the body? I'm sorry, what? It dies. It dies. Why? Because life comes through the body to the body. The, the body maintains health in itself. And so any part that gets separated from that will die. This is why we fight for togetherness. We cling to each other. I, I met with a, a dear disciple in the faith, a brother in the faith that I hadn't seen in decades. Used to be in church together, a dear friend of mine. And he was telling me about some of the challenges that his church was going through. COVID and all and leadership challenges. And I was just sharing what an exciting time we're in as a church family. And the lessons that God has been teaching me through COVID and the priority of discipleship and mentoring, of caring for one another. Little sisters having big sisters, little brothers having big brothers. Watching God nurture 
love, but how hard that is, how difficult that is. Because truly, how are we programmed to view the local church? That's a restaurant where I go to get a good meal. If I don't like the meal, I'll go to a different restaurant because it has better food. I leave a tip and someone else will clean up after me. Some people view the church that way. Or they view it like it's supposed to be a rock concert. Or like it's a coffee shop. Or it's a theater. I think the Apostle Paul says, no, it's a whole lot more like a surgical hospital. It's a whole lot more like a surgical hospital. So we expect tears and laughter. We expect struggle and pain. We expect the labor and we expect the goodness. We expect a mess. The gifts aren't for me, but they come through me. Gifts aren't for you, but they'll come through you. So what do you prescribe, Paul? What do you prescribe in your notes? This is your last fill-in. Don't dodge. Let God use you. Don't dodge. Let God use you. You guys know what draft dodging is? In the last service, someone said, moving to Canada. I don't know where I'd go to Canada right now either. Don't dodge the responsibility. Let God use you. The Korean War is often called the Forgotten War and how it was resourced, how it was talked about, how it's talked about today. We cannot afford to act like we're in a forgotten war. God is working to bring things back together again. God wants to put you back together again. God wants to put me back together again. And that involves faith. That involves entering the story and embracing the mystery of God and expecting the goodness of God. But if we're going to let God heal us, we need to let God use us to heal others. That means showing up. Whatever faith community you're a part of. Ministry team, life group, our worship celebrations on Sunday. The COVID crisis, we saw a shortage of, of medical professionals. So we'll still feel that a little bit now. We needed more healers, not less healers. More helpers, not less helpers. In a world where everyone is broken, every single one of us is broken, look around. I know some of your stories. Some of you are pretty good at hiding it. That's okay. All of us are broken. We don't need less healers. We need more healers. We don't need less helpers. We need more helpers. Nurses. Gosh, nurses are awesome. Am I right? Amen. Are nurses awesome? Nurses are awesome. They see a need. They meet a need. I cannot imagine being in a surgical room where there's a whole lot of chaos going on and there's a dying person on the bed. I cannot imagine looking over against the wall and ever seeing a nurse kind of like, not my patient. I put my time in already. What do you want me to do? Can you imagine ever seeing a nurse do that? No, of course not. How can I help? What can I do? What do you need? I'm there. 
I'm there. Moms, it's mom day. A good mom will deal with whatever comes through the door, no matter whose kid it is, right? Doesn't matter. No, mom saying, I'm sorry, you're not my kid. I'm not bandaging that. Sorry. Now, our kids, I mean, we need to see blood first, like, or you need to buck up and deal with it. Is it bleeding? You'll be fine. A good mom, how can I help? What do you need? No, mom says, sorry, you're not my patient. Sorry, you're not my kid. I'm not helping. No, a good mom, hands on all the time. No mom's going to say, I already put my time in. It's time for a younger mom to do their part. I hear Christians say that. I hear Christians say that. We put our time in. It's time for a younger one to do it. Well, I don't know what to do. If a mom doesn't know what to do, what's she going to do? Siri. Google. Doctor. What did you say, Deb? Figure it out. You're going to figure it out. You're going to call an older mom. You're going to call another mom. You're going to call someone. You're going to go, hey, I don't know what this is. It's like blue, and it's coming out, and I don't think it's supposed to come out. So, like, what do we do about that? Mom's going to figure it out. The opening trailer of MASH starts with what? Do you guys remember, those of you who are, what's the first thing you see on the, on the screen? Helicopters flying in. They're flying in patients, wounded, the broken who need care. Why are they bringing them there? Because they know that's the surgical hospital that'll take care of them. We have seen in the last six months, four months, five months, God flying in, God bringing in many broken and wounded. And I'm talking about big stuff. Because I believe God sees in us a church that's starting to get its act together and do what a church is supposed to do. Sorry, we're not a restaurant. Sorry, we're not a theater. We're not a rock show. We're a hot mess. We're a hot mess learning to take care of each other and trusting in the goodness of God that we're caught in the tension between life and death. So if you're sick, I'm gonna discern and seek. I'm gonna learn how to pray for you. We're gonna talk about that next week specifically. How do I pray for someone's healing? How do I, how do, I do that? There's some guidance in the New Testament. And the week after that, we're gonna talk about, all right, what might happen if someone's not being healed? Are there some things to cue in on? We need to be a church that's not hands off, but that's hands on, that leans in, that listens. How can I help? Because I believe, I say this, I say this to myself and I say this to God. God, I'm gonna head in and meet with your people this morning. What do you need me to, what do you need to be said? As I sit down with someone, I have an ear to them and I have an ear to the spirit. Spirit, what do you, what do you want said? Because God heals his body through his body. Artists, would you come up? As they're coming up, let me read to you a passage from John 14. John 14, this is 12 through 14. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, 
will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. And the Father will be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. You can always expect goodness. Thank you for sharing your time with us, and we'd love for the journey to continue. If you're a guest, would you consider reaching out to us? We would love to come alongside and encourage you in any way that we can. If you're someone who's joined us today and you are desperately reaching to find hope wherever you can, again, Jesus came that we would find hope. You can find hope today. If you want to send us a short note, a member of our hope team would reach out quickly, promptly, to come alongside and see what we can do to encourage you in whatever storm you might find yourself in. That's why Jesus came. And that's why we're here. Jesus said there's two ways to live your life. And a wise man, a wise woman, builds their life on Jesus' instructions. God bless.